All right, it's a brand new Village Vice. He is Zach Blackerby, ladies and gentlemen, looking fly and fresh and fit and wonderful. And I'm Brad Law, and I'm just here. And uh, Zach, it is (laughs) Ole Miss game week. Yeah. And we start with some injury news. And for the first time in what feels like the whole season, we have positive injury news. I don't know that it impacts Saturday's game. It might. Chances are it's more impactful in the in the coming weeks. But uh, Keontae Scott was back at practice yesterday. Austin Keys was back at practice yesterday. Damari Alston continued to practice as he recovers from a separated shoulder. Non-contact jersey, but he's a step closer. And that is nothing but good news for this team, especially defensively, that needs all the bodies healthy that it can get for the second half of the schedule. Yeah, my three-year-old's on a frozen kick, Brad. So when you said first time, I thought I was about to start singing for the first time in forever. That would have been really embarrassing for both of us for that to happen. But obviously, I think Keontae Scott's the biggest news here. I mean, he was electric in the short sample size that we've seen him to start this season. He was probably Auburn's best defensive player other than Jalen Simpson, but those two guys, we haven't really seen them be hot at the same time because they haven't been on the field at the same time that much. And and you, it's easy to get excited about the possibility of that. And especially now that after this week, the quality of offense that Auburn plays drops tremendously until the iron bowl and seeing these guys potentially be on the field at the same time. in those matchups could give Auburn a, a really good shot at some of these toss up games mm-hmm. coming up. The two road trips, Arkansas and Vandy. Then of course, Mississippi state at home. You like to hear that. Austin Keys, we don't know how big of a deal that is, right? right? Because we haven't really seen what he's capable of in an Auburn jersey. Um, it's easy to see some of the stuff that he did against Ole, uh, when he was with Ole Miss mm-hmm. previously, and it's like, okay, all right, the, the you know the traits are there. He's very athletic. He can move well. We'll certainly see what happens if he's able to come back and get some game time, and you know just. For him, you'd love for him to make his return against his former team. You know he wants to play in this game, yeah. but we'll we'll see if he suits up on Saturday. Then Damari Austin, I think Damari Austin's the best running back on this team right now, Brad, but still, like, don't rush him back. Yeah. Damari Austin is more important next year than he is for the remainder of this year. I know he wants to get back out there, and I want him to get back out there because he's a delight to watch carry the football for the Tigers. But yeah. Brian Batty's emergence, uh, Jarquez Hunter is as steady as they come. And then I, I just can't watch enough of Jeremiah Cobb. So please, 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 Damari Austin, I know you want to get back out there, but Auburn needs you more next year. That's my take on that. Love Damari Austin. Dude is thicker than a snicker. Uh, just an absolute beast. Uh, and yeah, whether it's this year or whether it's later. I do think you'll see Damari before this season is over. I don't I do think too. you're going to have to wait till, till next season. You know, it's an interesting question. Let's say that you get a guy like uh, Keys or Scott or Austin. Let's take any of the three. And I'll admit, I was kind of hard on Austin Keys uh, game one of the season. I didn't think he had a very good game. Of course, sure. I didn't realize at the time that he was injured so early into that yeah. game. And so would love to see a full strength Austin Keys for a several game stretch and what he can add to the depth. But here's here's just a hypothetical because we love hypotheticals. Fans sure. love hype, especially in the middle of the week. Um, if these guys at 80 percent 
can help you beat Ole Miss, but they cost you because they get hurt again, and now you don't have them available for the for the other games on the schedule? Do you go ahead and play them to get the win over a nearly top 10 team? Mm-hmm. Or do you hold them out? Maybe you lose the Ole Miss game, but now you've got them 100% for uh, Hale State, Vandy, Arkansas, New Mexico State, and the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of them are going to get to 100%, right? I think that's the nature of college football and these injuries. Once I yeah. think they get to 80%, you're going to play them. Fair. And at that point, if they get hurt again, assuming the training staff has done their due diligence and Auburn appears to have a really solid training staff with the way these guys are getting back in and action, being able to play. I, I just think it's bad luck at that point. I, I don't think Auburn would put those guys back on the field. If that was a true risk, Brad, that, that's just my gut instinct. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer, obviously, but man, I can act like one sometimes. But I, I don't think that's a real scenario. But to answer the hypothetical, um, I, I don't think it would be worth it. But yeah. I, I don't think that'll happen. I hope, I hope for the sake of the student athlete, uh, that, that that doesn't happen. Yeah, sure. Uh, and there was no, yeah, the 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 intimation is not that they would put them out there unless they're ready to go and compete full strength in in game action. So it is it is an interesting question though. If you could, if you could get the old Miss win sacrifice another game somewhere on the schedule, a game or two, or uh, if you lose to Ole Miss, you win the next four. I don't know. Where does this game now with what's left on the schedule, obviously it would be the second biggest win that's Mm -hmm. left on the schedule. The Iron Bowl would be one, and Ole Miss would have to be two unless you consider one of the road games uh, higher on on the pecking order. I I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think beating a, a top 15 Ole Miss team yeah. would be better than beating Arkansas on the road. And, I mean, I like I guess the way I would answer that, and I'll ask you this question, like, which one's more likely, Auburn winning at home or Auburn winning on the road against Arkansas? I think Auburn winning on the road against Arkansas is more likely. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm squarely on the fence on that. I think I've got to see Auburn play much better on the road offensively before I have a high degree of confidence going on the road. Because it because like we talked about Sunday, it's not one game, it's not two games, it's now three games on the road where they just haven't been cohesive right. offensively. Yeah. And if they play like that, Arkansas will beat them. So you got to improve. Um, mm-hmm. you got a couple chances to get better. And I mean that game's a month away still. Um, so I, I think home wins are more likely than road wins almost regardless of of the opponent. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Arkansas, well, they've lost five straight now. Mm-hmm. How did that impact this team? This team was told all offseason they were going to overachieve, and they have not done that. I think Sam Pittman, if he's not firmly on the hot seat, he should be. Yeah. And look, Arkansas goes to Gaines. If I'm not mistaken, they go to Gainesville to play Florida in the swamp before hosting Auburn. Like, I'm not great at geography, but that's a long way, and that's a <laughs> tough place to play. I don't care what state florida is in as far as you know are they competitive again or not there yeah. it's tough to win there auburn saw that firsthand a few years ago so I, I think that's certainly a part of this you know auburn hosting ole miss and we talked about this before ole miss not very good coming off of bye weeks in the last decade especially on the road i think they're and six is what we said something like yeah. that um so I, I don't know but this whole Miss team obviously coming off a of bye week. So we'll certainly see 
what that happens. I, I want to turn around and ask you a question pertaining a, another hypothetical, talking okay. about the guys that have returned to practice. Damari Austin, Austin Keys, and Keontae Scott, I believe none of them have been redshirted. I believe. And so would you rather, hey, Ooh. take your time and uh, we'll redshirt you. You don't lose any eligibility. Think about you know the context of this with Hugh Freeze trying to rebuild. Seems like it's more about next year and the following year anyway. Would you rather have these guys down the road an extra year? Keontae Scott's an NFL player. Damari Austin's an NFL player. I don't think Austin Keys is. So do you want Austin Keys an extra year down the road? What are your thoughts on that? Red shirting versus kind of okay. You know, you you can come back maybe a little before you'd like be primed. I love that question, and I, this could be a full show's worth of, of discussion because it's a philosophical question. Sure. It's what does this season mean? And and so this is obviously a conversation with a lot of depth and a lot of layers and, you know, the player's future and their professional prospects and all that. But if you're asking just from a program-building perspective, yes, I would rather have all three guys for another year. Another year to get familiar with defensive concepts, another year to get stronger physically, mature to, to mature mentally and emotionally, um, to, to learn the culture and be able to pass the culture of the program along to younger players. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and, and to have guys that are on the field next year that aren't all brand new. Not that it's going to be an entirely brand new team, but uh, it's going to be a lot, Brad. It's going to be a lot. Be a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I listened to you on uh, on your Locked on Auburn show today with Mike G talk about how next year's team seems like it's going to trend younger. So, yeah, if the option was there to have even a half year or a full year more experience uh, from as many players as possible, yes, even if it means those guys aren't available for the final six games of the year. I don't want to make it sound like the last six games or this season aren't important. They are. Every yeah. mile you click off on a long road trip is an important mile in getting to your destination. Uh, every game's vital. But for the program, yeah, I would take that. I'd take all three. Yeah. Yeah, we, we may jump into that later in the week as well. I think that's an interesting point. Okay. Um, it's uh, We got stat time coming up, Brad. I've got a few that I'm going to throw your direction, but i got to tell you about my friends at mybookie.ag. It's the best place to gamble on all of your sports action. You can get in on the action anywhere, anytime, thanks to mybookie.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at mybookie, when you make that first deposit, use promo code next round, and they will make it worth your while. We promise you. Mybookie.ag. All right, Brad Law. It's stat time. I love stat time. Against LSU, Auburn ran to the left for 61 yards on 10 carries, 6.1 yards a carry. To the right, it was 65 yards for 12 carries for a slightly less 5.4 yards per attempt. Your thoughts on being slightly better to the left than to the right? That holds with a trend that's been the case all season, doesn't it? Left yeah. side of the offensive line's been better throughout the year. So on so both sides of the, the line, they average they rush for over five yards a carry. Yes. Hmm. That's pretty good. Kind of yes. makes you wish they hadn't fallen in a 17 to nothing hole. Yeah, that that doesn't count. That doesn't account for like quarterback scrambles or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. design runs. That's 
according to Pro Football Focus. So hmm. there you go. Yeah, I'd, and, I'd like to see. I'd like to see a little more running, just straight running with the running backs. If we're going to average five yards a carry, yeah, yeah, I'd like to do that. Yeah, and a big chunk to the right was the jet sweep by Jeremiah Cobb. If you take that out, you know, the left was even significantly better than that. But those count, right? Yep. <laughs> those count. That's why you run those uh, those kind of gadget plays. Peyton Thorne, when passing for more than ten yards versus LSU, two for nine. For 47 yards, so that's just over five yards per attempt. That is not good. No, it's not. And it's, you know, I was looking at some of the receiving stats this morning, too. I don't know the reason why. I mean, that's the million-dollar question for this offense is why. And it's some blocking. It's some play calling protection. Some of it's receivers. Some of it's the quarterback play. Um, but that's not good. you got to be – I mean – you got to be able to complete passes at a higher percentage downfield. Um, you got to spray it to the left, to the right, and over the middle. You, you just have to be better. So, yep, yeah. that's that's pretty indicative of of the passing game. Two of nine, not great. No. All right, the tar. Looking at the targets to the starting wide receivers, and on another show, I kind of spewed off. I, I don't like that Auburn targeted eleven guys in the passing game. Okay. when none of them can kind of get any momentum. So your starters, which I guess the context here was like coming off of a bye week, it's like, okay, they made changes to the receiving group. This is awesome. This is great. But they didn't really use them. Targets to starters. Caleb Burton, two targets, two catches. Coy mm-hmm. Moore, one target, zero catches. Rivaldo Fairweather, three targets, one catch. So do your starting wide receivers. And you talked up these guys on Monday. Hugh Freeze did, saying that they earned it. Mm-hmm. You you had six targets to your starting three wide receivers. So Cam Brown is not listed. He he wasn't listed as a starter. No, no. Th- okay. Those three guys. My understanding: those three guys played the first two drives, and they changed things up after that. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know, Zach. That one doesn't hold as much water because we've heard. Hugh Freeze talk about how the starter, like the depth chart, especially at the receiver spot, doesn't matter as much. It's because you've got a rotation. Now, again, if you want to have the conversation of trimming that that rotation down so that guys can get into a rhythm. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you don't have if you don't have enough dudes that you think can be competitive, why are you playing more of them? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just leave more guys in that can get into a rhythm? Yeah, but I mean, if you say let's stick with your starters the whole way, then Camden Brown doesn't make those two catches on back-to-back drives. If you don't, yeah. And once again, know. I'm not saying you sub guys in and out, but like if you want to involve Camden Brown more, like he should probably be on the field to start the game. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that that's that's a logical statement. So I, I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting. All right, last one. Rivaldo snaps this year in line, so attached to the line of scrimmage. Remember, he is a tight end technically. Yeah. I think we may change that conversation moving forward, but in line, 108 snaps on the season. At the slot, 126. Okay. And at wide, at far wide, it was uh, eight. So okay. when you look at that, like playing significantly more at wide receiver than at tight end, especially when you look at an outlier, the outlier was the Samford game, Brad, where he played 32 snaps in line. So almost a third of his inline snaps for the season where he's attached to the line of scrimmage 
was at Stanford. Outside of that, he's averaging 15 yard, uh, 15 snaps yeah. on the line of scrimmage. So, Rivaldo Fairweather is being used exactly like we wanted him to, even yeah. more so against LSU because they started the game. He started at wide receiver, and they started Luke Deal at tight end, which then allowed Brendan Frazier more more uh, more targets and more snaps. And boy, that was a that was a pleasant surprise Saturday. Yeah, when you when you split Fairweather out either in the slot or wide, I'd be interested to know how many of those eight times that he lined up wide did we throw a fade ball to him, yeah. um, or a back shoulder throw. I mean, how many times did we go to him? In those eight snaps, I bet it's fifty percent or more. Um, well, which is only four, but fifty percent sounds much bigger. Um, it does. I, I do enjoy seeing multiple tight ends used in the game. I think that's one of the strengths of this team. And so, if you have Fairweather at a, at a receiver spot and you bring Deal in attached to the line, or you have Frazier attached to the line, we've seen Frazier on runs to the left side be really productive as a blocker. Uh, and then we saw him obviously with the catches at Ole Miss. So. Again, it's it's how we thought we would see Fairweather used, and yet yeah. we're all shocked that he only has 16 catches through the first uh, six games. That's right. That's right. But 16 catches on 22 targets, which is mm -hmm. over 72%. Like that is delicious. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what you want. But yep, that's this week's stat right. time, and we'll uh, we'll have more stat time uh, next Wednesday. I love stat time. I tell you what else I love, Zach, and that is my handyman compact face shaver from Manscaped. Right now, go to manscaped.com. Use our code VICE. It is the code that has been given to this show and no other entity in the world. Manscaped.com, promo code VICE. Get 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, typically, you think about Manscaped, the first thing that comes to your mind is you got to keep those nether regions, you know, fresh and clean and neat and smooth and manicured. And But it's not just for the undercarriage, Zach. Uh, I used to dread shaving my neck before I started using Manscaped. And then I got the handyman. And it's just so quick and easy. It's easy to use. It's easy to clean. It's compact. Um, I cannot speak highly enough about the handyman. So, you know what? If you care about those nether regions and the undercarriage, you need Manscaped. Even if you don't, even if you just want to be wild and woolly like a mammoth, uh, you still want to take care up here and you can do that with the handyman right now get the handyman the lawnmower all the other products at manscape.com promo code vice 20 percent off and free shipping right now i always love how you're um gonna attack that ad read it gets me fired up <laughs> all right brad you know we talked about this briefly earlier in the week but mid-season changes like how hard is that Mm -hmm. to accomplish and obviously coming off of a bye week it didn't seem that different some of the personnel decisions were different which i agree with most of them i think it makes sense but in your mind like how much different can this team look barring something drastic right like if robbie ashford starts against Ole miss or any other game this year like the offense is going to naturally look different there's no question about that but sure. bar barring anything like major changing which you freeze said at his Monday presser, like there's not going to be anything groundbreaking that's going to change, right? How how much can this team improve? How much can things change for this team at this point in the season? It's a really good question. And uh, we've seen some comments. Uh, again, we read the comments on every show and we appreciate your opinions and your input. And uh, it's likely uh, that some comments make it onto the next show. So keep on commenting and, uh, and watching. So, um, 
somebody said recently, you know, last year with Cadillac, they revamped the entire offense and that seemed to work just fine. It's a little more complex than than just that statement, but you have to keep in mind last year, Cadillac was the interim head coach and that was a team whose direction forward wasn't clear at the time. You were taking a group of guys who needed to be galvanized and finish the season the best way that they could. The next step after the end of the season was unsure. Now you're in a situation where you have a head coach with a plan. Uh, you know what the future is. You know your plan going forward. And because of that, I think it's very difficult to just change philosophies. It's like if you were trying to uh, build a man cave, right? And you wanted to order five flat screen TVs and they were coming and they were going to be the very best TVs and they were going to be the focal point of your man cave. But TVs are on back order for three months. You can't get them for three months. Well, do you turn it into a gym for the next three months? Do you, you take all the memorabilia off the walls, put up mirrors instead, and you order exercise equipment instead? Do you totally revamp your plan for the room for those three months? Or do you say, no, I'm going to continue to deck out this room to be a man cave. It's just going to take three months before it's finished. Mm. I think that's what you do. I, I think that you continue to be who you're going to be offensively, and you do the best you can with what you have. You compete like heck on, on Saturdays and know that um, – the process will continue to move forward because there is a vision and there is a plan. Can I, can I say something unpopular? Sure. Just for a second. Sure. And the way the Auburn family came together at the end of the season last year was incredible. It was historic. If you were at that Texas A&M game, you will talk about that Auburn Texas A&M game will be a focal point in Auburn lore for mm -hmm. forever. Right. Is there any revisionist history going on here? Are we remembering that team after Caddy took over better? Like, do we think it was better than it actually was? They lost to an average Mississippi State team. They went two and two, and their only like solid win, they scored 13 points. Like, let's don't act like this team was really, really good at the end of last season. Was it better than it was? Maybe like does yeah. Brian Harson still probably beat Texas A&M last year? I think so. I, I don't. Think they do. Sure. Did they not score 13 points? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But I, I, I just, I, I think there's a little bit of revisionist history going on when we look at how the season ended. This is not me saying Caddy did a bad job. I think Caddy did an incredible job uniting Auburn, which is exactly what needed to happen both on the field and off the field. There is no question about that. And that's why that Texas A&M game was so great because it was bigger than just that game. There's right. no question about it. But I think I think we're acting like the team was better over the last four games than it actually was. Yeah, I think that the staff did a remarkable job because you had a team that had no didn't feel like the leaders of the team cared about them at all, and that changed totally. With the coaching change, and right. that's important. And I I don't. And it's okay to disagree. It's fine. It's football. It's not war. Um, I don't think they beat Texas A&M without the coaching change last year. Um, but I think the other games probably fall the way they fell. I think it made a one game difference 
on the field. And I do Ooh. think it made a difference in that it gave Auburn a lot of momentum moving forward in recruiting with the new staff, uh, with the energy and the season ticket sales. And, and I think it restored a lot of the passion and a lot of the enthusiasm from the fan base. And I do think that matters as a foundation for what this staff sure. is doing. But yeah, but, yeah, but no, the but, argument right now, though, Brad, yeah, it, from a lot of people is Auburn should have hired Caddy. And like, I don't think that's true. I don't think that needed to happen. Right. And, no, and I, it was I huge. It, it was huge, like for the recruiting momentum. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of extra people now signed up for on to victory. And that yeah, was able to help your recruiting pitch. Like, does Auburn flip? Let's assume Auburn still hires Hugh Freeze, but that yeah. Texas A&M game doesn't happen. Do they still flip seven guys? from power five schools. I think they kind of do <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from Hugh freeze and the staff. Like I still think that happens, but yeah. I don't know. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with that, but I, I just uh, think, uh, yeah, right now to go back to the, to the original kind of topic, you're in a three game losing streak right now. So you're in a fall and the immediate thing that you want to do when you're in a fall is correct it and, and, you want to change something drastic. It's like when you veer off the road, you try to jerk the wheel back quickly. Well, that's not what you're supposed to do. When you're in driver's ed as a 15-year-old, you're no, don't jerk the wheel back. Don't yeah. have a jerk reaction. You got to it's got to be slow and steady to get back on the road. Don't be a jerk. That's right. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. So but the, the fall was predicted. The fall was predicted. Very few people expected Auburn to win all three of these games. Sure. So I think in two weeks, we all feel a lot better. Yeah, I, I really do. I and think in two weeks, three weeks, we feel a lot better. And potentially in one week. That's true. You know, all, all it takes is an upset over Ole Miss, night game, Jordan-Hare, um, for things to feel much, much different. Because we do. We t I know I said this earlier in the week, but we tend to gauge our feeling about the whole program, the totality of Auburn football, based on the last time we saw them on the field. And... That's not that that filter is like a funhouse mirror, right? They play well one week, you got a distorted yeah. view. They play poorly one week, you got a distorted view. It's somewhere in the middle, right? Brad Law, I think that about does it for uh, today's show. Is uh, people are typing hateful things at me? Right? <laughs> no, they're not gonna. Don't type hateful things. No, exactly. you can. It's it's good for the algorithm. You can do it. <laughs> That's <laughs> for the out. Do it for the A for the algorithm for the A. Thank you, everybody, for Come watching. On. Remember, until next time, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.